0: You're listening to Songs Out Loud from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Aaron Dorr. This podcast documents the life of a song. Everything from what inspired the original idea to how it came together in the studio. With the help from isolated instrument and vocal tracks called Stems supplied by the artists, I recorded them reflecting back on their creative process with it and compiled it all here in a documentary style show and tell. It's a behind the scenes tour of their song. Instrument by instrument, lyric by lyric, and beat by beat.
1: I sort of wrote this to like get my power back in a time when I was feeling hurt to like reframe the situation how I wanted it, to hype myself up and almost to, like, cast a little bit of a spell.
0: Middle Class Fashion is a dark and dreamy rock band with five albums to their name since 2012. They released a pandemic album called Scary last year, and I talked to Jen Malzone, Lindsay McDaniel, and Matthew Bosler about the writing and recording process, specifically the song Cheerleader Chants. They supplied me with nine tracks and Jen shared the original demo, which is where we begin.
1: Hi, I'm Jen Malzone from Middle Class Fashion. I wrote that demo in 2016. I was in a completely different place in my life and by the time we started working on it with MCF in 2018 I had made so many changes. It was kind of like that was my last um, messy journey into like drunken songwriting and making myself the victim and blaming others and after that I kind of like started therapy and decided I was going to stop drinking alcohol because it was creating so much chaos. And so when I brought it to MCF and I sang it, I felt like I was singing about somebody else or I was like um, acting in a role, but I I didn't have to feel as vulnerable because I wasn't that person anymore. It was after a breakup where I basically got dumped and I completely deserved to be dumped um, but you know when that happens and you're raw and you're hurt and you're kind of embarrassed it's hard to process that and accept the things that you don't want to accept you treat me like a typical girl now
2: baby the secret's out you're breaking everything in the world you hear it it's falling down
1: I wanted the first vocal to start out just on its own instead of being doubled um, to sound more vulnerable and then to really have the vocals build throughout the song So it gets bigger and it gets stronger. You reach out,
2: you bruise my face I'm gonna stay
1: it's all insecurity it's easier to like put the blame on the other person and be angry rather than saying wow i i really have some stuff about myself i need to work on I wanted to be honest about how vulnerable I felt and how I wasn't ready to accept blame. I needed to put it on the other person because I was just so hurt and it's easier to be like really mad or try to take power instead of like sitting with your feelings and seeing what you did wrong. So, I don't know if somebody going through that could listen to this song and connect in that way. I would I would be glad.
2: My,
1: face. my demos are always late. slower than how the song ends up. I'm, gonna stay out I'm kind of writing and recording as I go, and so it's going to be slower because I just don't know the song yet. I'm kind of building it.
2: Um,
1: Especially with this one, I just... It was kind of lyric driven for me and I was like in a mood that night and I just kind of wanted to rant. And so I wrote the three note pattern that basically just repeats the whole song um, on like a synth bass and just recorded that and then let myself write it line by line. So yeah, that was the easiest way to get out what I wanted. Usually, I love pop structure. I Most of my songs are in basic pop structure. Verse, and the next verse, and then I, you know, do what people typically do with the chorus, like make a big chord change going up a fifth or down, or, you know, um, and there's a bridge, and then the chorus. This, this was just so different from any of that. It's kind of repetitive, it's the same thing. It's very unlike what we typically do. When I made the demo in like 2016, Um, I'm glad I wrote it, but maybe it just stops here. Matt was new to the band in 2018.
3: Hey, I'm Matt F. Bosler. I play drums for middle-class fashion.
1: Because he was new, I wanted us to start workshopping a bunch of songs that none of us had ever played together before.
3: I I mean, I've been friends with Jin for a a long time, but obviously not as as close as like being in a band with her. Um, Which was funny um, because
1: he was a little bit of an MCF fan. So he was kind of like, oh, I can join and I already know all the songs. So that's less work. And I I was kind of like, no, we're doing all new songs because I'm excited that you're here. So, um, but he took to it really well. But anyway, so um, lost my train of thought there.
3: I was nervous, man. To play with, it. I I I just think they're so like uh, uh, accomplished and like their their records are so great. And I really I didn't, other than like knowing them as being nice people. But when you know when you're making your your art, it can be a different thing. And I I was like nervous to see what that that situation was going to be like. Um, and then it's super cool.
1: So I sent this and a few other old demos out to everybody, just saying like. Look at it, see if anything, you know, piques your interest. Usually it's in the group chat and I am suddenly getting some slightly manic whim where I say, hey, let me think about this song or this one. And I send them like a Google Drive link with four or five songs. We decided to revisit a few of my older demos, which again, we never really do because I write a lot and I like us to focus on like the newest stuff that I've written because I feel like new songs have a more fresh exciting energy but um so I sent this and a few other old demos out you know
3: from week to week she'd come in with two or three demos that to me sounded like, like this is a single this is so great I would leave the practice like humming the one that we didn't even get to you know I've never heard a, a demo from Jen and been like, I don't know about this one. Not even close. Like I'm always, she'll she'll bring like three, we'll we'll play through them or whatever. Then she'll have two more next week, and then like she won't bring up one of the ones from last week, you know. And I'm going, well, what about that? Or we're still doing doing that, right? Like that's so yeah. I mean, there, there's there's so many and they're all so good. Um, her songs are so. Um, It'd be hard to mess them up.
1: Every now and then I'll write a harmony part on the demo that I think is maybe an important part of the song. But most of the time, Lindsay and really everybody in the band will just listen and come up with their own part. And I wanted to add in some of Lindsay's, like, Vocal parts and have her almost like samples and then scatter them throughout the song.
4: I'm Lindsay McDaniel and I play guitar in middle class fashion. This is the first time that I have been featured vocally on this album. Jen said she'd come up with this idea of these counter melodies um, sprinkled throughout, and I, I believe yeah it was it was actually Dave Beman who made it the intro.
1: Part of why I wanted to work with him is because I love what he does with vocals. Um, he really adds his own touch.
4: It, it was it was nerve-wracking for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did not know that they would be the intro. Um, we were kind of just picturing them sprinkled throughout, kind of like treat them as samples. And uh, I think he just he just kind of took that and ran with it. So, yeah, the next time we heard them, I was like, oh, that's me
1: And it was like, kind of jarring, but in a good way, like the good kind of weird. And so we decided to keep it. And I feel like it's a nice, interesting way to kind of grab the attention of the listener at the beginning of the song.
4: It was basically of just a straight vocal day. And I believe it was actually on Halloween, which, you know, with the, the vibes were there. Um, luckily, these parts these the samples at least were all well within like my wheelhouse I I do have like a a lower voice I'm I am an alto uh Zeke was more of a soprano they would take the higher higher vo- vocals and Jen is you know she's all over the place but she uh oh sorry i have dogs that's my dog river <laughs> she's <laughs> she's she's very very mouthy
1: you know that is something that i should know about my vocal range but i don't really think about it um
4: i know that she can go higher than i can and <laughs> so oh
1: If something starts to feel too high, I just kind of creep into that falsetto.
4: I don't know specifically what my range is, but I am an alto. Oh. So yeah, with with those, you know, the the waiting for hours in the night, those was, was pretty pretty low, and that one was one of the easier. But the the when when all eyes are on us. That one was a little higher, so I, I did have a little bit of trouble with that
5: uh,
2: I,
4: I practice these parts a, a lot more. Oh it's just you know little little vocal warm-ups that I that I learned in in high school and um, I, I briefly did choir in high school and, and those little warm-ups and things have stuck with me. Uh, so, so I'm thankful that I, <laughs> I did at least do a little bit of that. Um, so I play a Fender Jazzmaster um, and, and then I, I play through um, a blues, a Fender Blues Deluxe uh, reissue amp, so it's very very warm. I like the warm tones. Um everything that I would try, like trying to go back to to previous habits with playing with them, it just wasn't it wasn't working. So I was, you know, I was just like, you know, let's just start bare bones. Just just some chorus, just to add some flavor and some texture. And and then with with this song it the the reverb trails I felt were necessary just, just because of how airy the rest of the song was. I was like, I need to add some of that that atmosphere. Um, And then, you know, um, and then going into the bigger parts, you know, you add a little crunch to it, a little bit more texture uh, just to, you know, to give it some ass. (laughs) And then, you know, so.
1: We got to practice and started to play it and she came out with this, like, Really beautiful, interesting guitar part.
4: Specifically with this song and the feeling that I had is very influenced by Fleetwood Mac and Lindsey Buckingham and trying to trying to get that that kind of environment going. Um, yeah, I, I just I felt it and I honed in on it as much as I could. And, yeah, it's just a very clean feeling record for me and you know, but by the end of writing, you know, I was like, oh, I, I have a sound for this record. Like, you know, like I had a sound for the last record. It just wasn't necessarily on purpose.
1: It was like she had colored in the song. It, it just suddenly filled it out and made it like feel more purposeful. And after that moment, I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be an MCF song, definitely.
4: I, uh, I just use a little bit of uh, use some chorus and some reverb, um, and then obviously when the song got bigger, you know, you, you add some distortion to it. Um, but I have a um, TC Electronic chorus and reverb pedals, and then the distortion that I have or overdrive, technically, is uh, is the OCD, which is one of my favorite pedals on my board. It's very versatile. You can get really really tight crisp tones out of it but also it can it can be you know kind of sloppy, borderline fuzzy um which which i did want to tap into with this song
3: the the beatles have a lot of songs like that you know where like the first verse and the second verse are uh, a different, like Dear Prudence I, I think does it, has like a different vibe and um, and yeah, I mean, right, like this is the same the same chords progression through the whole song, um, so definitely uh, I think then there's a thought of, you you sort of do all, all all the tricks, you know do all the things to make it a more interesting listen um, I do think maybe the constant quarter note snare and kick at the end is, uh excessive but it's it's fun
4: (laughs) it's such a big point in the song it's the turning point it's you know it's it's where things just go haywire (laughs) or start to go haywire so
1: um but zeke comes in actually so zeke was not in the band when in 2018 when we started arranging this it was the four of us and I couldn't really do synth because I was being the bass player, Um, and so Brad tried to make his guitar be more synth-like to sort of fill that in. So when Zeke came back with us to record, um, he decided to take a different approach and go with that organ, almost like this creepy goth, um, almost like strings when it's in the mix. Um, so Zeke is playing the organ. I am doing literally nothing instrumentally in this song besides those three synth bass notes. I kind of liked it that way, where I'm just holding down the most basic root notes, but then my bandmates can flourish and do everything they want to do and have all this creative freedom without me getting in the way. Cheerleader
2: chants, I'm all over this scene lately.
1: When you're recording the vocals, i found at least, I don't know how I sound. I'm just trying to give a passionate performance. When I started out making demos, I was not a singer. I had never really been singing before. And so I found all these tricks recording-wise to sing the parts that I wanted. Sometimes it meant like singing really softly and then just layering a whole bunch of it. Sometimes it meant falsetto, sometimes it meant like kind of yelling. I've just sort of learned as a non-singer how to make it work. I love recording vocals, but I can't really judge myself um, while I'm doing the recording, if that makes sense.
3: You know, things feel different in in a studio. In a studio, it doesn't feel like you're hitting that that peak. Um, so it can make it harder to know. Maybe that's how you end up with, you know, snare kick, snare kick at the end of a, of a song because you're thinking, I'm just, it's not loud enough. I, I have to do more here. Again, I mean, a, a, a lot of, I, I think, Playing these songs the right way is, like, getting out of the way, stripping it down. And there's, there's songs in here that are more like just straight-ahead rock, but especially to de- play the previous album songs, I did try to think of the songs more like programmed drums, you know, or, or sequenced drums and tried to kind of play them like that. And um, they could be replayed exactly the, the same way. In
4: previous records, with the more, like, electronic vibe that they had, I was trying to make my guitar sound as least, least like a guitar as possible. Um, So I was trying to, I was, you know, overloading with, with effects and everything. Um, But with, with writing this record with how guitar forward it was, I did want to simplify what I was doing. Um, And we, we just wanted to keep that live, feel that energy. Um
1: I I just think it's so cool how um Lindsay Brad and Matt you kind of feel them listening to each other and playing to serve the song, letting the tension mount and mount and letting the energy get higher. Um you can tell Matt here's each section when he should start increasing the intensity.
3: Um right, like that build up is well, if I start those toms too early, then everything's I've blown it, you know, we're going to, we're going to, and, and, uh, maybe we won't know for, uh, until we get to the, the loud part or something like, oh shoot, whoops, sorry guys. Um, I know I spent a lot of brain power (laughs) thinking of exactly how that, that should go. You know what? Okay. It's just kicks now. Now we had the toms and now it's toms with one snare, um, and getting that, you know, ending up where where you're you're close enough to then hit hit like those the, the three snares and, and have it make sense.
1: It's so hard trying to talk about our process because again I feel like the four of us are just so connected, so on the same page that this isn't something we really talk about barely at all. I know it's such a cliche to say they brought the song alive, but I mean, it just feels like magic playing with these people. You can hear how Brad kind of anchors the part that Lindsay has, where he adds in this sort of rhythmic part that keeps her kind of centered. And then once she has built so much, he kind of plays on top of it to like this higher pitched almost solo part that raises the energy and we're all just raising it higher and higher. I feel like this could have been such a boring song because it's so repetitive, but instead it's the complete opposite.
4: It's such a fun record to play. I can't wait to to play it out, um, you know, once, once that happens.
0: Now let's hear the complete finished song, Cheerleader Chants.
2: a typical girl
0: The artists you hear on Songs Out Loud agree. Your digital music and merchandise purchases from their websites, or even places like Bandcamp, are among the most direct ways you can support them. I'm pretty excited for this project, and I loved how fun it was talking to Jen, Lindsay, and Matt, and how cooperative their team was with all my licensing and permission requests. Songs Out Loud is produced, engineered, and mixed by me, Aaron Dorr, and I got the idea to do this from my favorite podcast, Song Exploder, by Rishikesh Hirwe. And you should definitely be subscribed there too.